Hello and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess. Thank you very much for joining me today. We are going to continue with uh, another episode on on uh, Islamic and Christian uh, colonized monuments that they consider them their own, but uh, which predate Islamic and Christian um, invasions and occupations of the land. And one of these main uh, monuments is the Cordoba uh, church or mosque and many other um, uh, monuments on the Iberian Peninsula, which was colonized by uh, which was colonized by the uh, Islamic Arabs and and Christian empires. So let's get down to it. Uh, we're talking about the Cordoba Mosque uh, Cathedral right now, and a very interesting feature of this cathedral is the presence of gargoyles and doves. Islam says that demonic creatures were added only after the Reconquista on Interdin. 10, in, sorry, in 1013. They do not provide any proof of the same. However, they choose to stick to their rhetoric on the basis of their perceived construction of the, of the mosque. Well, the mosque cathedral would have had gargoyles and doves prior to Islam taking over the site. Just like the Indian subcontinent, when the Islamic empires took over the Hindu temples, destroyed all the uh, animal carvings and structures that adorned our monuments, they would have destroyed any animalistic structures of the previous construction, but forgot to remove them all. Remember, it was the Berbers who were ruling the land on the ground, and they were not known to be a destructive civilization. Berbers are always people who even today learn, love to learn, gain knowledge, um, through the lengths and breadths of time. Destruction is not native to, the, to their soul unless it's imposed on them as an ideology. The Arabs could not cause too much of a commotion among those whose taxes and tributes they depended upon. So even if we, we know that the Berbers were the one who invaded the Iberian Peninsula, the uh, Arabs were, were, were just a ruling class. And they could not say too much to their allies. If not, they would lose power. Um, so the Arabs definitely, therefore had to abide by what the Berbers said. And a lot of the gargoyles and the ancient structures remained. Uh, we also find subterranean chambers and spaces below the mosque cathedral of Cordoba, this would have not existed if the construction was simply a mosque. The subterranean chambers also replicate the cave monasteries of the Byzantine Cappadocia with the underground cities and tunnel system. Very similar to the underground chambers found below the Taj Mahal and the Agra Fort in India. The minaret of the mosque cathedral is built 60 meters high. Does one think that the Muzain who would have climbed up there five times a day, especially considering that the mosque is built on the outskirts of the city, at the edge of a river, uh, would do this five, you know, would climb so high to give his azan. How did the Muzain voice carry so far? Even if the con congregations came to the mosque, the minaret is too high for his voice to reach the faithful below. It was probably built for another purpose. As Professor Marvin Mills states in his book, it could have been used for by previous civilizations as a watchtower or lighthouse to guard the township from invading armies approaching the land. Um, Manara or Amna, Amnar in Arabic means light 
coming from the word nar, N-A-R. It is the same term used as madhana in ancient Arabic documents. From these terms, we get the word minaret, meaning lighthouse or tin or tower. So if it's not far-fetched to say that the Arabs invaded civilization who already had existing forts and temples and monuments and architectural jewels, this was then rebranded and converted to Islamic mosques using the same meaning with Arabic vocabulary, all institutionalized under the colonial empire of Islam. Among the other monuments in Spain which are claimed by Islam as its creation is the fortress of Alhambra in Granada. It was a Roman fortress. It could have been occupied by succeeding empires after Rome, the Roman collapsed and fo- fell, the Roman Empire collapsed and fell into ruins. During the, the reign of the Nasserid dynasty with the 13th during the mid-13th century, the Alhambra fortress was renovated and converted into a palace. After the Spanish Reconquista in 1492, it became the royal court for King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. However, Islam claims that they tore down the Roman fortress and built the current version of the Alhambra uh, complex. But how does one, how does one, during the decline of an empire, and the, an empire embroiled in a battle, which takes up most of your spending budget, conceive a vast fortress complex like that of Alhambra. It uses, it's sure that the Islamic occupiers put their Arabic imprint on the fortress, like they did all over their colonies. Each emir who occupied this region came to power through war, meaning, and military expenditure. We would he would have to maintain massive security around his emirate to f- prevent further invasions. Yet they found money, material, and time for this, uh, for this complex. Remember, they were small individual tribal kingdoms, not one big empire. Not to mention that the Arabs were just feudal ruling class. The only culture they had was violence, which translated to territorial ambitions. If there was anything repaired or renovated, it would have been the Berber clans on the ground who had been part of this region for 200, 2,000 years before Islam came along. Any credit goes to them and not Islam who came later changing their label, using their human capital and took credit for everything that the Berbers did. The original fortress was probably built by their ancestors and not the Arabs. One comes across another example in the Medina Azara, Islam says it was built from scratch, uh, commencing, uh, sorry, by Abd ar-Rahman III, commencing in 936 or 940 AD. The mosque was completed in 941, and by 947, the caliph was in residence, moving in by by that time. The city, the city included, so this is a, a, a huge city complex, the city including ceremonial reception halls, mosque, administrative and government offices, garden, uh, a mint, workshops, barracks, residence and baths. Water was supplied through the aqueducts. The city construction led to a road. Water and supply infrastructure partly preserved until today in the form of remains of roads, quarries, aqueducts and bridges. The palace was apparently extended um, by his son, the successor, hence construction would have gone on 
after the initial complex was built. However, after the death of his son in 976 AD, it went into despair due to the civil war and was abandoned in 1010 AD, the ruins of which were excavated in 1911. Now, civil wars do not start overnight. Trouble, hub, trouble bubbles under the surface with internal skirmishes and revolts for a long time beforehand. So the question arises, how does one build a massive palace complex like the Medina al-Hazara in the span of nine years during the time of civil arrest? unrest. Even if one takes the extensions into account, we're talking of a maximum of 40 years, which is not enough to build a city on uneven terrain and three terrace slopes. When your military expenditure takes up the bulk of your budget, and when there is corruption, assassination, violence among the ruling class, when even with the technology today, the builders would be hard-pressed to compete uh, to complete a project of this magnitude so fast, not counting the extensions by the Emir's son. Even the original construction would not be feasible in nine years. Again, by 1010, this palace was abandoned. Any leader that builds such a site does not abandon his palace so quickly. This palace more likely existed prior to Islamic invasions. The sultans likely renovated and made adjustments to the existing structure. So how does Islam get credit for this monument? Well, since we have been fools to accept anything they say without questioning their rhetoric, Islam has given us a whole lot more rhetoric about its rule on the Iberian Peninsula uh, for eight centuries, they say, of peace, tolerance, education and inventions. Again, no proof, just twisted rhetoric to colonize its congregations. And guess what? Even today, we are still believing it. So I say question, my friends. Anything you get in your hand, question. Understand the currents and f that form the waves. Do your research. Do not believe what people say uh, just by, by, by sure uh, by ju just sheer respect. Even what I'm telling you today, I need you to please go and research. It's important. You can bring out some things that I've not learned. Maybe you can correct some things, but it's important to research. And every time you do the research and not depend on others, you are contributing to society. You're con contributing to the future. You are healing and you are also making sure that there's no violence, but there's knowledge that's circulating. So the Islamic invasion started in 711 AD. They never conquered all of Iberia. A small kingdom of Asturias, Asturias was left out in the north. Uh, the Reconquesta started in 718 AD. By 750, the kingdom of Asturia held on to one-fourth territory consisting of northwestern tip of Iberia, a small medieval Basque kingdom called Navarre in northern Spain, pushed the Islamic Emirate back in 824 AD with the help of a rival Arab tribe called Banu Qasi. Okay, so the Arabs were not together. The Arabs themselves were fighting and allied with European tribes. By 990 AD, the Kingdom of Navarre expanded its realm to all of North Iberia. By 1025, all of the Iberian Peninsula was lost, except the Emirate of Cordoba, where the mosque stands. 
by 1040, a Berber kingdom called the Almoravids, based out of Morocco, invaded the Iberian Peninsula, occupying half of the territory of Iberia from the south upwards. But by 1147, they had collapsed and overtaken by another Berber dynasty called the Almohads. The Almohads then overtook southern Spain for about one third of the entire peninsula by 1172. But by 1269, the Almohads had also lost control over the peninsula. Only a small emirate called Granada was left from 1280 onwards. It was constantly attacked and gradually reduced in size. By 1492, all of Islam was chased away from the Iberian Peninsula. So 800 years of peace and tolerance is utter nonsense. There existed non-stop conflicts, violence, turbulence, hence the emirates and tribal kingdoms and clans collapsed from the inside. What one needs to understand is that the human species is, as I have mentioned before, a metaphysical electromagnetic field. When this magnetic electromagnetic field changes, the entire field changes. Uh, our metaphysics does not understand political borders or dual political kingdoms and associations. It either goes out of sync or not. The entire European shield was on a downward spiral, which would have affected the entire continent, including Eurasia, Asia for that matter. Tolerance and Islamic peace only existed in their books to convince people to form an alliance with them to gain a foothold and lead to an eventual, coloniza eventual colonization of the region. There is none in reality. So you understand the history of the Islamic invasion of the Iberian Peninsula was not tolerance, as they say, was all about violence. Um, the most of the colonization was done by Berbers who allied with the Islamic Arabs and joined the Islamic empire, but they were not converts. There was no such thing as conversion back then because they were all believed in lineage. You can't convert a lineage. They took over all the architectural marvels of the Iberian subcontinent. Slowly by slowly, they put their label on it. But as the empires, the individual empires fell down, um, they... Slowly, their hold and the grasp on these monuments also fell away, and whatever's uh, accredited to them, it has. There is no proof that they built it. It's just he said, she said. This rhetoric on, uh, written of on on history books, but no documents to say that they actually built it. So, on what grounds do they say that it's theirs? It's the similar case on the Indian subcontinent. Um, to be, to be clear, on the Indian subcontinent, there is proof that Sajahan bought the, um, the Taj Mahal. He bought the Taj Mahal. He did not build it. He never said he built it. He never, he never lied. There's no place that he says he built it. He, he, it's very clear that they bought it and, and rebranded it to suit their own and their, their requirements. Similarly, the Basilica of Bon Jesus is... Um, is actually a Hebrew monument, but it was not bought. Unfortunately, they were butchered. The people were butchered in the in the Portuguese Inquisition, and that monument is now a basilica, a, a church where uh, uh, brainwashed. 
people call, calling themselves Christians go and pray every day. Among them were my ancestors, unfortunately. But it is what it is. So um, I hope this gives you a little insight. Uh, I ask you to read. I ask you to research. I ask you to please speak to your friends, your family, uh, any person you can debate with, contact your local, um, contact your local um, leader, uh, representative of parliament, speak to them, ask them to bring it up in debates on platforms so that we can get this out, we can debate on it, and we can, we can, um, you know, dissent and, and, and normalize dissent, normalize criticism, normalize this concept where we can introspect and question all that has been told to us. And only then can we clean our system, clean our minds and, and go forward and heal uh, going forward in the future. And, and instead of having violence, communal tensions, we can have knowledge and debates. And one day we will open these these these. Uh, architectural marvels and the generations to come will be will be able to benefit from it all so thank you so much for your time i appreciate you joining me on this podcast and i i wish you a great weekend ahead cheers and good day